Hi, this is Debbie Mann from Keep Your Pet Corrupt Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. My guest is Norma Frankoff from Wellwood in Hamilton. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, happy to be here, Debbie. Oh, thanks so much. Really appreciate what you and all your staff does for those of us who have gone through cancer, and your support has been invaluable, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about what you do and how you support and the type of programs that you have. So you're the director of programs and organization, organizational development at Wellwood, correct? That's right. Yes. Good. And how long have you been there for? Uh, I have been there since 2000. Oh, so wow. I've been there. Yeah. Almost. Um, you're a lifer. Almost, I am a lifer. <laughs> there, are, there are a few people who predate me, uh, and I, I bow to them, but we are an organization filled with stories and history, and I may have been there for 20 years. We have lots of volunteers that have been there for 20 years as well, and I think that's one of our strengths is the continuity. You know, it's, it's a lovely place to be. And how old is Wellwood? Well, it started in 1998. They were incorporated okay. in 1998. So they, obviously there was a group that, you know, the founding group that got together before then, I think 1995, they started meeting and exploring and forming a group at 98. They incorporated and then got office space in the, what was then the Henderson Hospital is now the Jervinsky Hospital. Okay. And that was a game changer for Wellwood actually, because we, we are one of the few, if not, I'm trying to think, if not the only one in Ontario that actually has an office, supportive care organization that has an office in the hospital. And that has allowed us to grow, develop, be part of the fabric of healthcare and also reach people sooner. So when people are newly diagnosed or have had their first treatment or just been hospitalized, we get to meet them and that that's really changed you know what we do how we do it uh, the kinds of programs that have developed as a result so how do you reach out because i know when i was diagnosed with cancer i actually was told about it i i don't remember oh maybe i was given a pamphlet i don't know i can't can't remember <laughs> you know the, the, the one thing i talk about is when you're diagnosed with cancer you're handed a library of, yeah. of information and it, it was so overwhelming. But so how do you reach out to people and how do you oh, let them know who you are? Well, it's interesting you talk about your experience because that is very common that folks are either told right away and they forget or they're given literature and they put it away or they see it online or someone else reaches out. We do a lot of promotion. When you're a community organization, you have to promote, 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 and then promote more. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be aware that people are stressed. And initially, when they're diagnosed and going through treatment, the priority is keeping track of your appointments and your treatments and your updates and, and all of that. So we, we tend to be a little further down the line, even though it's good for us to be involved earlier because we can help navigate some of the things that people need if they need transportation to appointments we know how to get that if they need to know how to get a free wig we we 
we can direct them. You know, we partner with, we're a collaborator. That's what, that's who we are. So we promote, we have posters throughout the library. We're in the new patient handbook. We have flyers that go in the new patient kits, you know, the bag that you get with mm-hmm. stuff. We, we have a lot, we do a lot of social media. We have networks that we send things out to. And one of the more effective, one of the most effective, I should say, is word of mouth. People yeah. who, you know, participated and we've, We've had people who are in a waiting room, you know, waiting with other people for their appointment, start up a conversation and, and sort of engage people. Oh, you should go to Wellwood. You know, that's a really good thing. So, so that's been a fabulous thing. So you can imagine with COVID happening and us not being in the hospital at the moment, we had to get a lot more creative about you know, that we still existed because out of sight, out of mind. And initially people are going into the hospital for their appointments and their treatment and then getting out as quickly as possible. They're not looking for brochures or posters or even seeing other people. Mm-hmm. So, so it's always a challenge, always a challenge. We, we're also, you know, our organization is really set up as, as a collaborator and a networker and, and you know it's really kind of a community development framework who else does what you do who does it better who can you do things with uh, how can you improve on what you should be doing what shouldn't you be doing that someone else is that has a natural fit to do and in that way we connect with other organizations sometimes we'll do projects sometimes it'll just be a meeting or a touch base how are you doing what you're doing? So for you, where you are, we touch base with our counterpart in your area mm-hmm. and, and have known about them and touch base with them for a number of years. Because I, you know, I consider them my out-of-town colleagues. We do similar things. We have similar challenges. So it's good. It's always good to compare notes and, you know, see that you're doing the right thing. But that serves us well, collaboration. So how many clients do you have? Like, I guess that shifts every time. It does shift. It does shift. And it's always been a hard number to pin down because we are also, you know, as a, as a community organization that's serving people at a very difficult time in their lives, we, we are sensitive to keeping the stress as low as possible. So we don't ask a question if we don't need the information. We make getting in touch easy. We don't do an intake right away. If somebody comes in and they're very distressed, we won't sit down and say, okay, can I get your name and address? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so despite all that, we, we do have good information. It, it could be anywhere between three and 5,000 people a year because we, our target population, the people we serve is not just patients, but it's their family members, their caregivers, their supporters, uh, healthcare professionals. So anyone who's supporting someone with a diagnosis can access our programs. And literally across the board, the only ones that, for example, folks may not be able to access are the ones that are specific to a disease site or specific to a group. We have a men's group. So we obviously men, (laughs) you know, over 40 and under 40. We have a group for women with gynecological cancer, obviously only that diagnosis, but other and not caregivers to that group. But all of our other sort of coping strategy programs and things that we offer, navigation, information, resources, that's available to anyone who comes to us. That's so it's wonderful that 
I, I just have to say, it's just so wonderful what you're doing. And, and I, I really do. I just know that it, it is. And to a lot of the people that I've been talking to, that without organizations like yours, that the road would have been a lot harder. Mm, because yeah. there's even post-treatment, a lot of things you discover mm -hmm. that you don't learn in the hospital. That's mm -hmm. the other thing, too, is... Yeah. We learn from each other, even though you're collaborating with different groups, your patients, your clients are collaborating with each other and learning from each other. The mm -hmm. stuff you don't learn from doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's invaluable. It's true. I mean, we help people create a community and, and, you know, sometimes people come to us and they have a really good supportive network of friends and family and loved ones. But the difference is, Sometimes people protect their families with what they're really feeling, from what they're really feeling, and then can't express it. And that's the community that we can offer clients. We will be your tribe, if you will, for the duration. And when you don't need us anymore, so be it. You, you rejoin, reclaim, reinvent, uh, rejuvenate. But we, that's, that's a role we can play. It's a tough one. I mean, loved ones probably don't want to hear that you're scared you'll die and you don't want people to invalidate that you're oh no don't worry but it's a it's a natural inclination when there's love involved kind of thing and loved ones honestly don't know what to say or do either yeah and so yeah. they're they're just doing what they do naturally mm -hmm. keep your pecker up as <laughs> There were, there were a few raised eyebrows at our staff meeting <laughs> on that one. Well, I just have to say, it's an old British term. Yeah. It, it yeah. means keep your spirits up, keep your chin up. So, yeah. But, you know, we're North American. <laughs> what can you do? It has a history for me. So Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Now, you're at the hospital, right, you said? Uh, well, we have two we have two sites. We okay. have an office in the hospital, and that's kind of like our primary site because, again, that's where we see people early on, first diagnosis, that kind of thing. But we also built our own standalone community site. It took us years to fundraise and, again, collaborate. There was a lot of gift in kind that happened and dream about this place, and we opened the doors in 2010. So. It is a place that meets all kinds of needs for us. It is on two major, three major bus routes. We wanted it to be accessible. It is one story, no basements, very warm and nurturing environment. We designed it and have decorated it to, so that people will exhale when they walk through the doors. And, and very often, if you're talking to someone on the phone about the community site, we will try and encourage them to come for a tour. Because when they come and see the building, it, it's often, oh, I could see myself here. I can see myself coming here. We wanted it to have a free parking lot. And believe me, that was a negotiation because we, we had land donated. So... Yeah, and so people don't have to pay for parking and the parking lot's attached right to the building. You know, there were, it, there's lots of natural light. There's lots of natural materials. Uh, the floors are heated. It's a green facility. Very proud of it, yeah. Lovely. And how do you 
How do people come to support you? So you have a lot of volunteers. Are, are they volunteers like from people who have had experience and gotten me through it? Are they uh, professionals that are volunteering their time? How does that work? Our volunteer program is like human resources without the pay. It's, we are 100% dependent on volunteers. We take that very seriously. We have a comprehensive program that, you know, recruits with position descriptions, interviews, references, and so on. But what people get in return is enormous. So they get good training. They get good experience. They get references. I mean, we have have people that are applying to med school and we will supply references, people applying for jobs or master's program or whatever. We do targeted recruiting because our movement program, for example, our yoga, we offer yoga and all of our yoga instructors must be certified instructors. So with any program, uh, we ask our volunteers to be more than, have more than just an interest, but some sort of qualification or training in what it is they're doing. Uh, A lot of our volunteers reach out because our mission resonates with them because they, they've either had a diagnosis, cared for someone with a diagnosis, or the organization itself operates in such a way that the mission really resonates with them, and which is helping people live well with cancer. We're very, we're very inclusive. We're very non-directive, non-judgmental. It's not a club. It's a place for you where you should be able to feel safe walking through the doors. And so that has a lot of appeal. And, and we also, I think once a volunteer has come on board, I mean, we continue to train. Uh, we, we're sometimes able to offer really wonderful training at no cost to them, uh, which is a bonus and a benefit. So, so I like to think of it as a really great partnership we often have to recruit for specific skills if we're looking for an art teacher, yoga instructor, or, uh, you know, meditation instructor, things like that. But our organizational volunteers, the ones that support the front desk and the special events and uh, those, those folks, you know, they come to us as well and word of mouth. But, but it's, a, it's a comprehensive process. Because we know how important they are. So we only have, when you talked about all the things our staff do, we only have four staff. But we have, you know, if you include our organizational volunteers and our situational volunteers, and those are people that are attached to an, a particular event, it's, we're talking hundreds. That's the strength. But that's a credit to you and your organization to be able to attract, because it is an attraction as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we try and set the bar high. I think we we have found that that has served us well all along, that we have high standards, quality volunteers, and who feel well supported. And it's a win-win. And again, if we talk about, you know, me being there 20 years, but other people being there 20 years plus, it speaks to the quality of the organization that people want to stay there that long as well. Um. Just from a perspective of, because you all work with patients, what do the patients give you, teach you? Oh my goodness. We need more time for that. (laughs) For that answer. It's all of us, staff and volunteers, probably feel the same way about what we get 
from, we call them clients because we're not medical. We, we want to be clear about that. We learn about patience, resilience, strength. We learn about trust. People allow us into their lives at such a personal time. And we're well aware of that responsibility. We're well aware. When, when someone calls us for the first time, I thank them for, for the courage to do that because very often it's so hard to reach out for help, especially if you're an independent sort of, you know, person that's used to having control, making your own decisions, you know, un, uh, creating your own timelines. Well, that all goes out the window, <laughs> when you, <laughs> as you know, yes. And, you know, the ability to change directions, information about the community and things like when you were mentioning people share with one another. Well, we learn those things too. You know, we, we are... You know, we, we often say to people, if you don't know where to start, start at Wellwood. And if we're not the place that will offer you that program or whatever, we'll get you where you need to be. We will, you know, tell you. So everything that people share with us, we can share with others. There's, there's tremendous wisdom there. So it's a, it's a collective wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty profound. It it's really a, is, though. Yeah. And what about, there's always sad stories with cancer. I mean, I, I wanted to interview a friend of mine, and she said, I don't have a, a good news story. And I said, well, cancer is not good news. <laughs> yeah. Know? However, you look at it. How do you as a community, how do you as an organization, when your clients go through the challenging times and their families, that's got to be hard because you get real close to them. That is a very difficult part of the job, no doubt. For our volunteers, we have a number of things in place to support them. So first and foremost, we, we say to them, you know, depending on the role they play, if, if, if someone's a peer mentor, for example, meaning they've been matched up because they've had a similar you know, experience, um, we, we're well aware that we're asking them to relive their experience every time they make a call. We try and sort of make sure people are aware they can, they can step back, they can take a leave of absence, they can, you know, they, sometimes the lines can move. So someone may have started at Wellwood as a client, had a really good experience, feel strong enough to move on to a volunteer role and, and then maybe have a recurrence and need to move back into the client role. And so we're, we're very sensitive to that and well aware of that. As a staff team, we, we, it's a small but mighty team. We support one another. We're very open about how we're feeling. We, we try not to power through sadness because you have to experience it but we put it where it needs to be. Um, it doesn't need to be in front of the client. So if someone's uh, you know, having a really tough time, it isn't about us or how we're feeling, it's about them. But then you may go back to your colleagues, you know, your, our staff and say, oh my gosh, this was a really tough scenario. And, and again, if we need to step back from something, it's a trigger for us or, or we just don't feel strong enough to sort of 
work in one particular area. We, we support one another with that. It's, it's important to be sensitive to those things when you do this kind of service and to acknowledge that it happens. You can't have that armor up all the time. It makes us human. Sadness makes us human. Anger makes us human. But you have to be professional. What we've found over the years is that it tends to, it, it may come in waves where you will have two or three losses that you didn't see coming or you, you knew it was going to happen, but when it actually happens. Or sometimes you'll hear about a loss when you call about a program and you might be the first one to know, mm. you know, that's, that's a tough one too. Wow. Yeah. And does, do you offer grief counseling? For um, we, we are, we're a resource center and we know what we're good at. So we, what we try and do is gently move people to the resources that they need. So if someone is a part of our programs and, and they have a loss, we're not going to say, Oh, you're done, gone. You know, we will gently, whatever. But if someone calls us for the first time and says, I've just lost a loved one, we have a list. We, you know, we know, Oh, well, you know, we know a really good treatment counselor, no charge. Let me give you her name and number or where do you live? I know that there's some grief groups happening in your community or we have, materials in our library. And it's the same with palliative care. We're not a palliative organization, but we do see people to end of life. So we're, we're more like the connective tissue, right? right. Connecting people to those right. resources. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. remarkable. It, it really is remarkable that, that you, yeah, really, I, yeah, <laughs> I just have to say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, you know, I'm not sure what else to ask. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked any questions? Well, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I'd like to talk, well, COVID a little bit. We, okay. we I want people to oh, know yeah. that Wellwood is still up and running. So we may have closed both of our physical sites, but... Within two weeks, we had piloted three programs on Zoom, and now we have a dozen programs on Zoom, including lectures, movement, creative expression, peer groups. We've got all kinds of stuff. So please check us out. Just Google Wellwood, go to our website. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So there's lots of things happening. We're doing the best we can. We know, you know, ideally in person is the best, but in the absence of that, and in the and considering the safety, um, the Zoom programs are are a great option, and clients seem to love them. But we need people to know that we're around, right? Especially new people. And I also want to talk a little bit about funding. We we are a not for profit. We're a community organization. Many people think that we're funded. We have core funding from a ministry or a hospital or a, but we don't. Uh, like most not-for-profits, we depend on the kindness of our community. And when you when you think about what's going on in our community and people being out of work, there is a ripple effect for sure. So we are trying two virtual fundraisers that I, I do want to tell people about. So we yeah, have a walk-run wheel. Yeah. Uh, we typically have that in person every year, but we're going to do it virtually. So it'll be the week of October 18th to the 24th. And you can register to do a 5K or a 10K. And if you 
if you want to get creative about whether you walk, run, wheel, rollerblade, canoe, uh, you know, hula hoop, whatever physical activity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you, whatever you choose to do. And, and there's no fee to join up. We just ask that you raise pledges and, and then there's pretty awesome swag depending on the amount of pledges you bring in. And then in November, and I'm very excited about this one too, from November 2nd to 21st, we're having a holiday market. So we have some really wonderful high-end vendors, things like jewelry, charcuterie boards, art, knitting, really wonderful items that are going to be on an event page on our website. And people have, you know, that time, the 2nd to the 21st to make a purchase and we will sanitize and have curbside pickup in time for your holiday season. So we're trying those things and hoping that and that folks will choose to do those things to help us keep our programs up and running. So let's go back to virtual because I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about that because the world has gone virtual now. Mm-hmm. And are you finding that the clients are more receptive to that right now? I mean, you and I would not be talking if it wasn't for Zoom. I exactly. mean, it's a virtual option because it's yeah. too, too risky right now. Yeah, absolutely. It was a game changer for us. We were surprised. Now, granted, some, some of our clients couldn't engage because they just didn't have the equipment, you know, the updated laptop or computer or weren't as comfortable And it is a given that in-person is nicer. But if you set that aside, we were overwhelmed with the response. And because Zoom allowed us to, in many cases, remove the cap as to how many people could participate, some of our programs are four to six times the number of people who used to participate because they can. And and we've got a variety of options. So some of it's live streamed and others are recorded and we send it out and they can listen at their own leisure. And so people will choose and other other options are one day. Uh, It's an art workshop or something like that, whereas yoga might be a six week series. So so there's a lot of options for people, but, but it was, it was a game changer. We had always intended to be able to offer things online because we work within a LIN. And you know, LIN is Local Health Integrated Network. It's a region. And because we have a regional cancer center in Hamilton, we see people from Brentford, Simcoe, Grimsby, Binbrook, a lot of the smaller communities. And so people come in for their treatment, but they're not going to then, it may not align with a program they want to physically go to at our building, or it's a long day for them already. They've already had to travel an hour to get to their treatment. All they want to do is go home again. So they, won't, they don't want to come back that night for a lecture. So we, we started webcasting our lectures several years ago and had a tremendous response because people could log in from their home or from their hospital room, right? And still get to the lectures. So when you know, when this started percolating, we realized that we had always intended to sort of have a hybrid of in-person and online programs. And this just fast-tracked that and also reaffirmed that it's the way to go 
to have these options for people. Let's say someone does live in Hamilton, but they're just not feeling well enough to come in. They can still log on and, and do a yoga class at home or a part of it at home, something like that. So it's, it's been good. It's been really a good learning, the technical stuff. We did have to do a crash course in Zoom. <laughs> I, I think the world was on a crash course with Zoom. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Now, your virtual marketplace, so you have your October event coming up, you said. Yes. And again, can you repeat what that is again? That is our walk, run, oh, wheel. Oh, that's right. Yes. Right. It, you, it, we used to hold it at McMaster University, and we had a, a 5K and a 10K option, and people could walk, run, or wheel, you know, if they were in wheelchairs, mobility devices. And that can't happen physically, so we're going to do it virtually the week of October 18th to 24th. So you'll register and you'll, you'll do your 5k or your 10k during that week and, and hopefully post it and share it and show us and, and raise money through pledges and so on. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And your November marketplace. I mm -hmm. was just on a call on Tuesday where somebody had uh, was up in Barrie and had done a virtual event with a client and they were so happy with the fundraiser oh, and yeah. and so I I hope for you that uh, people will chime in Thank and you. take advantage of it and how are you how are what's your outreach on that is it social media is it Oh, it's a lot of social media and our networks because we, we used to have lawn signs, but they're not, you know, they're not as effective in these times. People aren't going outside as much anyway. But we're going to, we're going to promote heavily through all of our social media. It'll be hard not to know that it's going on if you, if you get anywhere near Wellwood. So, and then we will send to our collaborators and our networks and things like that and our volunteer base you know share with your friends share with your family so we're, we're hoping to have a far reach I loved this conversation I am, me too yes. <laughs> <laughs> love learning about what you what you've done what you're doing and any other wisdom that you want to share before we sign off well you know I should I, I want to say I'm, I'm happy you're achieving your dream. I did read your story and saying that you always wanted to do this. And you, and I did listen, I confess, to a couple of your episodes. <laughs> and I thought you were a natural. So I'm, I'm happy for you. And I think that's in terms of wisdom. I think you probably have wisdom to share about that because it's, it's important to live in the moment, live in the present, be good to others. You look for your dreams. You know, it's those not are too those late. Things. I think that's it's, what mine is. It's not too late. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And I wish you all the success and your, your clients and your staff and your volunteers all thrive throughout these next few months. Oh, thank you. They're, they're a special bunch to us, let me tell you. So we've been, um, we've been, we felt so well supported by them. And that's, that's just a beautiful thing. So there have been, you know, there have been lots of silver linings 
throughout this. I'm sure you've found the same, you know, that yeah. you, you, you put a pause on some of the madness in, in your life and focus on what's really important. And, uh, and that's been beautiful because our, our volunteers really stepped up when we said, look, we're going to try this. We don't know how it's going to go. And, and folks didn't hesitate. And that's just, it's so lovely. Really it great. Is. It mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Cause that, that desire to give back to your community, even though mm -hmm. COVID is here, never really dies for, for many of us. So. That's right. Yeah. 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 Which I think is part of what you're doing. You're I giving to I the community. So. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Again, Norma, thank you so much. Norma from Wellwood and Hamilton. And this is right. the Pecker Up Podcast signing off. And make sure you click to find out when the next episode comes up. Thanks, everyone. Bye.